Welcome to Beat It Movie Reviews. I'm Mushroom Spore Joe Cabello, and this is faithful video game adaptation Chris Soda, and this is the first of The Last of Us. What's up, Chris? Hey, hey how's it going? Oh, it's going well, and you know what? This is a little Last of Us heavy intro, but we are reviewing two things today as our feature review. Sick and The Last of Us. Sick, the newest movie, uh, scary movie, slasher, even, on Peacock TV, and The Last of Us, the newest video game adaptation on HBO Max. So those are going to be our double feature reviews. Both those things are very easy for you to see. But Chris, what did people just listen to? Oh, they listened to Queenie Pie by our good friend Davis I.L. Such a good friend. And he's such a good friend, I'm sure he's going to send me 50 to to $100 for my birthday this year. Oh, Don't you easily. think? <laughs> I think for all the, the publicity we've gotten him. Can everybody who's listening to this episode uh, go and... Go to Davis I.L. and like like his post, his newest post. And then he'll know that we drove traffic to his Instagram, davis.il. And then we can demand money to continue using <laughs> his uh, thing. And that obviously what we do this for is the money. <laughs> we have – I'm going to give everybody a stat, a behind the baseball stat. Um, I don't even know if that's right. Behind the baseballs. Uh, we've had, we've been recording this since pre pandemic, this, this podcast started months before the pandemic and in almost at, as if we knew what was coming. <laughs> yeah. Cause anybody knows, oh, it's a good to get in the movie review podcast game. Uh, and it was lucrative because in the, that time we've made a total of $23 in ad revenue, <laughs> but we're rolling in it. You know, that seems like a joke, like some, I'm poking fun at us. But we've actually, most of our episodes don't have ads. So imagine if our episodes had ads, how much money we would have. We would have easily four or five times as much as that. Yeah, we would have tens of dollars. Okay. So actually, you might, as of last episode, you might have heard an ad in the middle of it. And that's why, if you have to endure... An ad so that we can make, I'd say about eighty cents to a dollar fifty per episode. Then, you know, everybody's done their job. I can tell my parents this is why you still let me live in the basement because I'm <laughs> doing it big. But now you guys know. And Blue Chew, the popular. No, we're not getting Blue Chew money yet. Chris, what's happening here? Why don't we get into the show? <clears throat> what is yeah. the show? Uh, let's see. This week I watched the first three episodes. Wait, wait, of wait, 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 what? Huh? We're just skipping the Chris pick? Oh, or is this, this the Chris pick? Okay, because I know the audience gets really edgy if you don't state that it's the Chris pick because then they don't know on the Reddit forum what to talk about as far as the Chris pick. So I'm just making right. sure. So this is the Chris pick. Right. Yeah, this is Chris pick of the week. Uh, and, and so I did watch the first three episodes of the new season of White Lotus. Oh, yeah, season two. It's it's finished. 
right? Yeah, which is it's it is finished now, so uh I hadn't been keeping up with it and uh, I've heard only good things, so I decided to finally get into it. Watch it. Did you watch it? Didn't you? So I didn't really. I put on the first episode for maybe 10 minutes or so, but it was, you know, when you put on a TV show and then you have to do something. So then you're just like, ah, fuck. You know, like it wasn't like I was like, this is uninteresting. I'm going to turn it off. And then I didn't go back to it. I've honestly been a little hesitant to get get into it for some reason. I I think just I really like the first season and I don't want to go into it with like comparing seasons or anything like that i'd rather like watch it at a time when i'm ready to watch it because i feel like Uh when it came out for me personally i was like oh i i'm watching this to see if they did it again if Uh they can make it interesting and like to get that flavor again and i kind of want to take it for what it is so um yeah tell us uh, how have you liked the first three episodes yeah so i i mean Totally understandable why you would be hesitant. And I think that from watching the first three episodes, it is like, you know, it's a new season with all new characters, but it's as if the show just didn't have a a break between seasons and it's like the same exact. Really? Like, it, it just feels like exactly what you would expect of another season of this of this show which isn't bad right it's some would say that's a good thing but also yeah that's kind of what i wanted to maybe avoid Uh and like okay when i almost when i feel like re-watching the first season is when i should watch season two yeah yeah because uh yeah it definitely you know just like the first season it starts out with uh uh, showing you what happens like at the end of the show and there's of course a dead body just like the first yeah. season so it sets up that mystery but I feel like you know the death is so unnecessary for the show for what it is because like it's just like a a last minute death you know in the in the original season right like like not that it's like it's not this murder mystery right it's It's not knives out someone just dies eventually right but what i'm thinking is there's so many people that love death in shows like this Mm -hmm. that i feel like every show should just do that every season just so i i could (laughs) be wrong but i'm pretty sure about this that the um, creator Mike White, I believe it is White. Yeah. Um, remember that joke, White. <laughs> um, I brought it back, and I'm bringing it back. Um, I've successfully brought it back. So he, I think, said that he, the show from its start, the first season, is kind of making fun of that. Yeah. He wanted to put a, a murder mystery where it didn't need to be and like didn't matter really uh-huh. uh because he's like he knows people are interested in that so i yeah. literally think the show actually like he is doing that that's that's perfect because yeah i just feel like uh with the popularity of like true crime stuff and people obsessed mm. with like murders yeah it's like a perfect hook for a lot of people to where 
just the promise of one death will wa- make them watch the entire show. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And it's and not like it's... who killed the person either. It is like <laughs> yeah. who dies. Yeah. It's a totally different dynamic um, and also has that dynamic to it of like, okay, we're probably going to assume somebody killed them. So now we have to look out for a murderer and a death, but we're yeah. not sure. Yeah, it is a really funny like conceit just to add into a season yeah. of TV. I could see it being overused in a really like stupid way because even this this show, it's like it is stupid, but it's built by design to be stupid uh-huh. versus like using it as a real tactic to like gain interest. Yeah. But I mean, it works. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's you know it's still got the same uh, set of like fucked up characters and everything and yeah it's it's pretty fun so far. Very cool. Yeah, I do look forward to checking it out. It's like one of those things I've ready in my back pocket to yeah. watch whenever I, I wish. Um, as if there aren't now so many TV shows and movies that even if I watched everything every second of the day i wouldn't watch it all maybe we should just stop creating so we could have four screens with four shows all at once hell yeah gotta really pack it in because that's what it's about yeah and we're just talking about on here i don't really know what happened but i think i enjoyed it (laughs) uh cool any other thoughts on the white lotus white lotus uh that's it now yeah all right cool um well i watched a movie that you've watched finally got around to seeing it with the wife enola holmes 2 oh yeah yeah we finally checked this out Uh, this is the um millie bobby brown uh led movie the sequel uh, with starring henry cavill co-starring henry cavill um about sherlock's sister and so this one, I think you you stated it's more of the same of the first, and I think you're right about that. But I oh. almost feel like this one, they had way too much fun to the movie's detriment. Meaning, I think they like were like, "Hey, remember in the first one, it was so fun, all the like talking to camera and like stuff like that," and then they just decided to overdo it. Uh-huh. Like Millie just talk a lot to the camera and look at the camera a lot and then she's just doing it and they're like we'll keep it in we're having fun Uh, and there was even one scene where she's talking so long to the camera i just burst out laughing i was like what the fuck is happening this feels (laughs) like it feels uncanny and weird that like it just Uh went on so long that you know in like tv shows a dream sequence will sort of happen where the tv starts talking to them and it's always because the person talks for a little too long and then it's like and Joe, I see you there. I felt like she was about to like say my name. Say my name, say my name. Millie Bobby Brown knew. Um, so um, I actually kind of got bored throughout the movie. I don't know if the uh-huh. mystery was was getting me so much. And especially, okay, spoilers. She's trying to find a missing sister. Yeah. Out of and it's not a, a they're not really blood related from what I understand, but it's three sisters and like halfway through the movie, because of the mystery, one of the sisters dies, and it just <laughs> and she's murdered. Yeah. So it's like okay, it's a loss game now. 
Like, yeah. you've lost your one sister. You might not find her. Another one was killed because of this mystery. So, like, what's... And they never really address... There's never a scene where Enola Holmes goes to that sister and is like, hey, let's talk. Let's grieve. You know, they just kind of, <laughs> yeah. like, the movie just keeps going. And it's really weird because the whole thing predicates on, oh, this mystery is important because the sister is so important. <laughs> it's like, well, you lost one and... <laughs> the middle of the mystery i don't know um so yeah not necessarily a bad but i i was pretty bored through it and uh didn't yeah. quite didn't quite connect to it um although i do think it is more of the same i think maybe there's something about it that feels like it should be a tv show more than a movie series as well um, yeah. maybe it just feels a little thin and isn't earning its right to be a movie in a way, so yeah, I could definitely feel that. Um, so yeah, decent time, but um, I kind of had a feeling that that's how I was gonna feel about it. Like, okay, I got enough out of the first one. Mm-hmm. Now let's cut. Yeah, I feel like looking back, I feel like the second one is much more forgettable than the first. One. Yeah, and I don't remember yeah. the mystery. Oh yeah, it was she was trying to escort this prince or not prince but like important figure i think and he was someone was trying to kill him right yeah did you did you enjoy the fight scene where they're beating the cops asses though uh which one was that what are they where it's like her and her mom and like their the other lady that was with them oh yeah 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 very a cab Um, I remember thinking of some ACAB stuff while I was watching that, but I'm always thinking ACAB. <laughs> so if any leftists want to get together and make some knives out of plastic, can't be detected by metal detectors. Um, but yeah, give it a, give it two holes out of five. <laughs> what? All right, Chris, what else have you been watching? Not your Chris uh, pick, obviously, but... Yeah, this is not my Chris pick, but uh, I did watch the season finale of Willow. Oh, cool. Yeah, that just ended. Um, For some reason, I thought last week wasn't the season finale. You had just watched... Up to the episode before. You must oh, Did have. I talk about it? I think you did watch it. Yeah, yeah, you you oh, must okay. have, because I don't know why you, you would have brought it up last that. week Weird. if it was just that, but... Um, I'm pretty yeah. sure you did. It will just do another Lord of the Rings thing where we talk about it for three weeks in a row. Yeah. Uh, yeah. the finale, let's talk about the finale and say the same things. Uh, um, okay. Then let's go with, uh, Velma. Oh my God. Okay. I don't even have this on my list of things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Describe uh, what Velma is for people who are not familiar. Velma is the, uh, indie calling like, prequel series to how the scooby-doo gang form which we already have that with the new scooby-doo movies they do they they tell you how they formed but anyways yeah well but did they have uh did they change shaggy's race to a black man or uh daphne is uh an asian woman a red-haired Asian woman, right? Yeah, yeah. Nothing against that very, very l- small minority. 
of Red Heritage. Oh, ones. it's a huge. There's a. There's. It's actually uh, the majority. Yeah, and fact, but in uh, Velma uh, race changed, which I even hate that you're bringing it up because that's the least. That's farthest from yeah, the problem. It's like the most irrelevant thing about this show. Uh, what the thing that's funny is the war like Warner Brothers or uh, HBO was like, "Hey, we have an excellent animated show about a lesbian couple, and one of them is a redhead, and that is the Harley Quinn show." But then they did the exact same mm-hmm. thing with this show, and you're like, "That's like really specific to be." another yeah. show that is like essentially the same thing with like same very humor style jokes. yeah yeah like meta self-aware jokes it's it's kind of a bizarre uh take especially because i don't really feel like i love i love that harley quinn show but i didn't feel like man we need more of this show but slightly different i don't know it's a strange choice. Um, yeah, so the first two episodes are, are out now. I watched them. They're they're just okay. Whatever. I don't. I would say I've only watched the first episode, and it's really uh-huh. bad. <laughs> now the uh-huh. real story behind it as well, <clears throat> and I, I'm very sure this is verified. But she, uh, Mindy Kaling, pitched a show. And then it was suggested, and by suggested, meaning demanded she use the Scooby-Doo IP for okay. the show. So it was basically an irreverent, like, um, Riverdale-esque, you know, like, slasher ghosts with teens type of show. And they said, oh, make it Scooby-Doo. And then I think that probably made them lean further into, okay, if we're going to do that, let's kind of, like really change up the Scooby-Doo dynamic and make it our own. So who is the show for? It's not for Scooby-Doo fans, and it's not for fans of not Scooby-Doo either. Uh I found it really bad. It's not funny. That's number one. Um, As far as, like, oh, disrespecting Scooby-Doo, then that's even, like, two of a... too harsh of a word because like who cares disrespecting yeah. Scooby-Doo but uh, not I guess like not honoring what makes Scooby-Doo fun and good that's oh. one thing okay whatever I can get over that if it's good but the yeah. jokes are so lazy they're just like hey wouldn't it be stupid if this was happening or isn't this stupid oh. yeah it is okay and that's all it is yeah. it's so afraid yeah yeah it's like it's like they know it was a bad idea everything they're doing is a bad idea and they just are like but we'll make fun of ourselves first so you can't make fun of us yeah it's like well then why do it if this is all you're gonna do it's just it's a it's a show that's having a conversation with twitter while it's being written it's like (laughs) trying to pre- state all the criticisms that Twitter specifically would give it. Uh, And then, and even it's right or it's right in what Twitter would criticize about it. So it's like, (laughs) 
oh yeah people the incels are gonna say this joke is stupid it's like yeah because the joke is stupid <laughs> and you're right and, that they and will yes, i also. am an incel yeah <laughs> i try i try to not have sex um but yeah i really did not like it and i i want to give it a chance because even though the trailers look like shit like on the humor level i thought the yeah. art style looked really pretty and cool and uh-huh. was wanted to check out some scooby-doo stuff i read the scooby-doo and batman mysteries every week every uh, month so yeah i like it yeah you know what's funny is that they're releasing two episodes a week and i watched the first two episodes and then it ended and i was like oh it's not all the episodes and then i thought well then i probably won't come back to yeah this. <laughs> yeah it's uh, really not funny and it's it's getting the proper hate it deserves. Um, yeah, just uh, it's interesting. There's like it's got this like shtick where it's trying to show that like, hey, we're doing R-rated violence. It starts off with this like joke about nudity and excessive like graphic or like excessive yeah nudity in in horror movies. Oh yeah. So it starts with this scene where they're just like in a shower, but it's like a bunch of high school girls. So it's like. Oh, so these so are like awesome. underage I mean, kids uh, taking a shower naked together at school. That's weird. But uh, <laughs> and it's also it's just like, like none of it is to an effect that like makes it funny or cool either. It's just like yeah, oh, it's, it's got like some violence. Okay, yeah, I guess yeah. It, and it really all the jokes like that oh. are like someone who is not an actual horror fan doing yeah. horror comedy where it's like yeah we, this is all like tread ground we we've all made this jokes other better movies and shows have made these jokes about horror this seems like you're just like oh it would be easy to make a horror thing i've never really seen a horror movie but like what are the tropes oh this yeah let's make fun of that it's like no none of this is clever or new yeah yeah, so uh, you should just watch Har- the Harley Quinn show if you. Uh, yeah, I've watched some of that, and for I, this kind of humor was not um, not like super into it, but I was not disgusted. Yeah. Like th- this is like, oh, this show deserves to be talked shit about. That's not what I got with Harley, the Harley Quinn show. Everything oh. there felt like genuine, and like they yeah. knew what they were joking about. Yeah, I'm curious with this show, because it's supposed to be, like, this prequel or whatever, if they're going to actually, like, lead into what Scooby-Doo is and, like, have them meet Scooby-Doo and Shaggy. Like, Shaggy yeah. in the show is, like, an, his name is, like, Norville, right? Or something. Yeah, which is Shaggy's legal name. His real name, yeah. And, and so the thing with that is, like, oh, he's not a stoner yet. So... It's kind of like, or, and then Fred is just like this, like loser child, man, baby. Yeah. So it, it's just interesting because this is supposed to be a prequel, but it's like, they just grow up to be still pieces of shit. Cause it's like, there's, they're not changing <laughs> these, these types of characters that are so extreme. Yeah. And, and it's if, like, what, what is Shaggy going to do? Get addicted to drugs. And then that's how it's yeah. like better. Yeah. Like, Cause what? like. 
if we end up falling in love with these characters, we don't want them to change. They're funny to us, right? And we're, of course, not going to fall in love with them because they suck. But so, yeah, there's nowhere for the show to go. And the show doesn't want them to become the Scooby-Doo squad. Yeah. Like, it obviously doesn't. So it's so weird. And I ultimately blame the use, the forced use of IP. And if I was pitching a show and the company said, hey, but we'll make it, but you got to make it. You know, Power Rangers. I'd be like, okay, fuck it. I'll take the money. So in that way, I can't blame her. Yeah. Well, and her so that's the thing just that's being funny misogynistic. Is like, imagine the... <laughs> <laughs> imagine the... A future where, like, copyrights don't matter, right? This This show is, like, essentially what that fucking Winnie the Pooh horror movie is. <laughs> Where someone's like, let's take this existing IP and fuck it up. Uh, yeah. And in that sense, it's it's pretty sick that a show on HBO is is doing this like psycho change for no reason. Yeah, but it's not even like, like extreme I can respect enough. That, but it's not. Yeah, it's because it's like I mean I'm sure you've seen, but on the internet they're circulating how like Venture Brothers did this. Right. They, did the them as like what was like seventies, like the Johnny Quest. Yeah, yeah. Well, that they did that, but they also did a spoof on Scooby Doo specifically. Oh, did they do a specific? Where they okay. had the characters, and they were like, um, they're like old, famous, uh, like murderers and stuff. Like, I think one of them is like Charles Manson. And there's like, they they did a whole bit on these characters being scummy people, mm-hmm. but. uh yeah, and it, and it was done. That show always does it like in really smart ways. So it's like, what this is trying to do kind of already has been done in a more intelligent yeah. way. But um, yeah, yeah, so, that's the thing well, is like it's from people who don't care about even doing this. Yeah, and I think if it was not a Scooby Doo show. And it was just like, hey, five teens, whoever, who are doing supernatural shit's going on. I think it would still be bad and still be criticized because it would still have this whole, like, we're making fun of horror movies type of thing. And it would still have the humor that it's going for. So I think it's rotten to its core. Uh The Scooby-Doo thing is, like, the least bad thing about it, which is weird. Yeah. All right, that is uh, Velma. Volva. All right, I want to shout out another movie that I believe you saw. Uh, Could be wrong, maybe that was a fever dream. Vengeance. Uh, The BJ Novak movie. Yeah, you saw it. Oh, no, I haven't seen it. You saw it, dude. (laughs) You saw it. You said you liked all the hot bodied dudes in it. All right, Joe. Um, homophobic, really, at its heart, that joke is. But anyways, <laughs> Vengeance is BJ Novak. You might know him from The Office. He also did a show that I loved, The Premise. Um, And this movie... Oh, what was me... it called, though? <laughs> the Premise. Yeah, well, what was the premise, even? The, the Premise. I'm talking about The Premise. 
All right. A writer from New York attempts to solve the murder of a girl he hooked up with and travels down south to investigate the circumstances of her death. So, yeah, this is about a podcaster or like a um, an aspiring podcaster. So lower than us. You already thought we were <laughs> the lowest of the low, Chris. This someone's even lower. Oh, wow. Um, okay. And so he decides to do this podcast where very comedically, great premise that he gets a call that like, hey, Abby died. He's like, who? Your girlfriend, Abby, died. I'm so sorry. And he's like, oh, fuck. Having to figure out like, oh, this is a girl I barely really talked to or thought of. Uh And uh, it was in theaters for a little while. I wanted to see it because I do like BJ Novak. But I will be honest. There's an air to the premise that seems a little off-putting. And I've also heard this, like, kind of vocalized by others, where just the idea of a BJ Novak podcaster, like, being the star of a movie, it feels very Twitter. It feels very, you know, like, conversation with the internet. Right. And I really didn't watch it for a long time because of that. Even though I'll be honest, I eat that stuff up, but I eat it up the way that I eat up like a Big Mac where it's like, it makes me hurt at the same time. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, go get that checked out, Joe. But so, um, so yeah, I avoided it, but it was on Peacock TV and I was like, oh, I'm going to watch this in the middle of the day, waiting for the wife to come home. Let's put it on. And you know what? I actually really enjoyed it. I think getting past any of that stuff, any of that, which I don't think it has as much as you would think of like Twitter and online and online ishness, you know, there's that's definitely there. But I think what's more there are some deep truths about authenticity and how we should live our lives. That yeah. is really interesting in it um, because he does go to this like podunk Texas town, interacts with the people there. And of course, he's judging them. He's uh-huh. a, a constant joke is the fact that like he references all these things. Maybe he references a playwright, you know, to like uh-huh. make a grand point. But he hasn't actually written any of their plays. But the people, the Texans, this these stupid Texans, quote unquote, that he's talking to are, are all like, uh-huh. oh, well, that's not true in this play. I read that one and this one and this one. And he's like, actually, I haven't read those. So it's it's very funny and attacking that like surface level elitism knowledge that uh-huh. I think you see a lot in the in on online people. Where it's okay. like they have a lot of references to make themselves feel smarter, wow. but they don't actually read those references. And actually, there's people that are much smarter than them that just because they're not online don't appear as smart or just because they don't fit a mold aren't as smart as them. Um, that's a constant joke throughout it in different ways. Um, and I found it uh, pretty funny pretty profound i mean it's not the i'm not gonna say it's the most profound movie in the world but you know like just what it had to say about um like i said the authenticity of people and how you want to live your life i thought was really good and is a a decent mystery as well uh so i actually i really dug it um 
and I, I would recommend it. I, I don't think it's as as stupid as it um, as it appears on its face. Uh, don't love the poster. The poster that looks like nope. Um, I guess it. I guess it kind of does. Looks like cheap white nope. Um, <laughs> it looks like yep. No, but uh, <laughs> I I would recommend it. It, it is a cool one. Um, go check it yeah, out. So I mean, people that are into uh, true crime podcasts, it's like the perfect movie for them, right? You know, I maybe. Okay. Uh, it's hard for me to say that because I'm not into true li- true crime podcasts, uh-huh. so I can't say if it satisfies that itch or if it's maybe making fun of it too much or if it's inauthentic in its take of how they are, okay. or maybe even too late on that take because we have had some uh-huh. shows and even some like parody stuff that is uh, tackled like the true. Cr- crime podcasting even think only murders in the building right you know which um is in some ways similar to to this but i feel it's this is far more realistic than something like only murders in the building as far as its take on true crime and just its general feeling um but yeah i I like bj novak and and what he's doing nice yeah, that is a uh, uh, vengeance. You know, I could. This is a good like watch with your family movie. Okay. Like I, I think over Thanksgiving, you know, you're like spend a week with your family or whatever, and you're like, ah, oh, yeah, I uh-huh. end up watching this movie, and we all liked it. I think this is actually like a surprise, one of those surprise movies you watch with your family, where you're like, oh, we all enjoyed it, and like that was cool because it's kind of a weirder movie. Uh, that is Vengeance okay. by B.J. Novak. It is on Peacock TV right now, I believe. Uh, might oh, or, nice. or HBO Max. It's one of those. But Peacock TV is like four ninety nine a month. So no, that's that's one I just keep on because they oh. end up having some good release movies. And we will talk about HBO's forced ads now later. Yeah. We will talk about that because that was weird. I don't know if I'm like late to the party, but there's a there's an ad tier I never um, opted in for on HBO Max. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about that. Uh, Chris, what else have you been watching? Uh, besides the two main things, that's it for me this week. Oh, you fucking slacker dude we're making 22 dollars every four years on this podcast and you're not watching stuff you need to learn to take it more seriously um let me shout out two things i watched real quick one is an older movie that i've i'm pretty sure i've watched some of if not all before probably on the joe bob briggs show which i've talked about here it's a a show where he'll watch um movies and provide commentary at different breaks throughout. And this one is Q the Winged Serpent. Um, so let me get this up. It's from 1982 and has David uh, Carradine in it, directed by Larry Cohen, legend. NYP detectives Shepard and Powell are working on a bizarre case of a ritualistic Aztec murder. 
Meanwhile, something big is attacking people of New York, and only a greedy small-time crook, Jimmy Quinn, knows where its lair is. So this is about Kitsukotl. That's the, like, bird lizard, mythic bird lizard creature from um, Aztec culture and legend and myth. Um, But funnily, in the movie, no one can pronounce Kitsukotl. And Uh uh, so they just named the movie Q, the winged serpent, which I think Uh was very smart. This movie rules, (laughs) and I wish there were more movies like this made today. Because it is at one time a crime movie because Uh they're trying to find the serial killer who's skinning people alive in ritualistic murders. But then it's a monster movie in that those ritualistic murders have spawned Kitsukotl in New York who is killing people and the city is slowly getting more terrified. And then it's a also a deep character study movie similar to uncut gems in that it follows this small time crook who just by circumstance finds out where this Kitsukotl is living and uh, birthing eggs. So it's all three of those things together, which makes it really interesting has all those storylines, you know, come together And I think it's easy to discount and say, ah, this is a stupid movie because of the stop motion effects of the monster. They're not great effects. There's not a lot of them. And I think the way they do them is actually um, really smart in that it doesn't doesn't linger on too many shots, right? Like it, it knows, okay, this is stop motion. It uses it really smart, so I don't think it's like as bad as when you watch, let's say, Jason and the Argonauts, which I think actually oh. looks pretty damn good still. But yeah, um, you're like watching <laughs> these skeletons for a long time, walking around. Um, but really, the ma- the main thing that makes this stand out is the character of Jimmy Quinn, played by Michael Moriarty. Just a fucking tragic, uncut gems type character. Just a guy really self-sabotaging at every turn and is trying okay. to to get some fucking money or clout off this and can't do it. It's just uh-huh. really good. And one thing about Larry Cohen movies, and there's a couple movies from this era um, from directors uh, of Larry Cohen's ilk that... They're really well done in the acting department. So even though they're like really schlocky concepts and whatnot, uh-huh. the performances are way better than they should be because he was very in the New York theater scene. So oh, okay. he was getting actors who were really interested in doing the work of deep character studies were really eager to do rehearsals and work together and make the performances stand out. So if they were doing a movie, even though it was this stupid stop motion dinosaur movie, essentially, they were putting everything in it. And you can tell when you watch it. Um, I, I would really recommend you watching it just to see if like you enjoy it because it is a 
pretty stupid looking movie in a lot of ways but then you get these performances and yeah you're like dude this is really captivating and it's not captivating the way i thought it would be you would think it would be captivating of like oh monster kills and shit like that mm-hmm. but no it's like oh it's captivating because this michael moriarty's acting is so great and his character is so good that uh yeah i i had such a great time watching watching it so go check it out it's on shutter you could probably watch it pretty okay. easily in other places as well Q, the winged serpent um, cool. and, and i just want to talk about one other thing before we get into our double reviews so i've been looking to you know get some more uh freedom in my life after my job has been getting a little intense so the other day i was like you know what i'm just gonna see a movie in the middle of the day i just need to kind of do that uh-huh. it's always good for my soul um so i was like i got i gotta see something i'm not gonna see the new house party uh-huh. for political reasons no i'm kidding um <laughs> But I saw a random movie that came out and was out in my theaters called The Devil Conspiracy. And I didn't even watch the trailer. Uh-huh. So this is what I did. I, I pulled up the trailer. I was about to watch it. Then I pulled up Rotten Tomatoes. And I think it had 50 or 60%. And it might be lower now. Okay. But <laughs> what I saw was the reviews. A bunch of the good ones said, this movie is really stupid but it's exactly my kind of fun stupid. So I was like, okay, you know what? Let's do this. So I went into it blind. And let me tell you, this movie is exactly that. And it rules. And it feels like a movie that should not have gotten theatrical release. And I don't say (laughs) that as a pejorative to the movie. I Uh say that as a pejorative to theatrical releases and the state of movie theaters right now Uh we often talk about uh movies from the past oh god how am i going to forget the name now um that one that's like it's aliens it's mad max and it's a bunch of other movies yeah Uh, let you think of it doomsday where it's like dude i saw doomsday in theater it came out in theaters and just like fucking <laughs> stupid movie in an awesome time. We yeah. get we get less and less of that where the kind of like big bigger budget high concept stuff isn't getting into theaters. We'll see it come up on uh, iTunes rentals, Voodoo rentals and things like that, but it's not in theaters. So, seeing it in theaters and basically the premise, I'm not going to give away the premise. I'm going to say this. In the movie uh, the musician Antonio Vivaldi and the artist Michelangelo are cloned and turned into basically raised as children to be sold off to the highest bidder uh-huh. uh, for millions and millions of dollars. And they they retain their abilities. So Vivaldi is like a great uh, <laughs> musician. Okay. And that is a small part of the movie. That is not even the main part of the movie, but that that is. So we're talking about big things here. And essentially, it's an Antichrist birth movie where devil worshippers decide that now that they finally have the technology to clone Jesus, 
they're going to use Jesus, Jesus's body as the vessel for the Antichrist, for the devil to be reborn in a child's body as a false prophet, because Jesus's body is the only one strong enough to hold the Antichrist. And they've tried it with other people. So the oh, right, the course. angel Michael comes down and uh, takes over, possesses the body of a dead priest to stop him. <laughs> and that is the movie. And it is so awesome and stupid and great and sacrilegious. I actually had a really awesome time watching this movie, like sight unseen, not knowing what it was going to be. It yeah. was a blast. Um, just verifiably stupid with just like this high concept thing that could be a movie. The fact that you could basically like get the DNA of any historical figure as long as you had their DNA. So, oh. you know, even even having like their coat that has a hair from them on oh. it or something and being able to say, okay, now I can put that egg in a woman and they'll have that... That's a movie. That right. premise alone yeah. is a movie. And that's really the smallest part of this movie. It is oh. so <laughs> fucking weird. And I, I just feel blessed to have been able to see it because I think it will be. It's not going to do well. I don't think it's done well. I can imagine. <laughs> and probably doesn't deserve to do well. But it was a great time. How many people were in the theater with you when you watched it? Probably about six or eight, something like that. Okay. Midday that's, that's, on a Thursday. I mean, five more than I thought there would be. Yeah. I mean, it was like, I think 3 p.m. on a Thursday. So we're not talking about peak time anyway. So uh, that's good for it. But yeah, I, uh, I, I was really glad to be able to see it. Uh, not that it's the best movie, but I think it does go to show like, Man, there's probably a bunch of movies you and I have watched even from uh, video on demand and stuff that's like, oh, man, if we would have ever got the chance to see this in theater, that would have been fun. It's not the best movie, but it would have been really fucking fun. Psycho Goreman, you know, is up there. This is no Psycho Goreman, but it's like, dude, give me the chance to see that in theaters. Hell yeah. Um, So it was really cool. That's The Devil Conspiracy. It's... I would say it's a good bad movie in that like get some friends over and watch it together. You'll you'll probably have a good time making fun of it and being entertained. Um so that's that Devil Conspiracy. I think that brings us to being able to talk about uh, our first of uh <coughs> our two feature reviews. Uh so should we start with Sick? Yeah, sure. All right, let's start with Sick. This is a new uh, directed or written by Kevin Williamson. Let me actually get that verified. Um, written by uh, Kevin Williamson and Caitlin Crabb. Kevin Williamson, you might know from Scream. He is the the creator and writer of Scream. Uh, directed by John Hyams, which let's see what John has done. Um, Alone. Which, did I see that? Um, Universal Soldier, Regeneration. (laughs) Um, So good stuff. But yes, this movie, due to the pandemic, Parker and her best friend decide to quarantine at the family lake house alone. 
or so they think. So this is a pandemic thriller or slasher, rather. Um, so, Chris, what did you think of Sick? It's, I, I, you know, I was going into it knowing, like, oh, it's the guy that made that made uh, Scream, the newest Scream, right? Uh, classic Scream. Oh, all of them. Yeah, yeah, he was the original. Uh, did Scream okay. one? I think he's done many of them, but um, uh, he's he's the mind behind Scream. Okay. Yeah. So, I just. Uh... I, I knew that what to kind of what to expect, but because I hadn't heard much about it, I still was like hesitant to expect much from this movie. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think it does a couple things very well. And I think that I overall enjoyed it more than I did with like the new Scream. Oh, wow in some ways um but uh yeah there it's funny because there were moments in this movie where things happened and i was like i out loud was like sick and then i was like oh that's why they called it <laughs> even though it's actually about uh, about, about COVID, the pandemic pretty... yeah but anyways yeah it's i think it's just like a very it's like a perfect uh streaming movie you know like this is like what I would expect them to have. And it's it's not uh bad or anything. It's just it kind of almost feels like it was supposed to be a scream movie, but they were like we don't have enough to make this like a fully scream movie. Right, it feels small. Should... Right. Yeah. Yeah, but but the the killer still is wearing all black and using like a combat knife so it's like essentially just the mm -hmm. scream guy without the mask yes that's what the killer is a in this military movie. scream guy yeah yeah um so but yeah i i just uh i thought it was surprisingly good i think how did you feel about it yeah, I agree. I, I think it's a really effective slasher other than the fact that it doesn't have a, a killer that is going to, like, spawn franchises or be interesting. And I think that's fine. Uh, you know, not everybody yeah. needs to be Ghostface or whatever. And I think really yeah. the character is more of COVID. They're putting more weight towards that than they are, like, building a specific killer or something like that. I think this yeah. movie's purpose seems to be being a time capsule. And I think that's what was more most interesting about it and could be a turnoff for anybody is uh -huh. there's a lot of it until it gets to, I'd say, like, the second half of the movie-ish that is just covid time capsule it's kind of like hey remember when we were wiping down our groceries with clorox remember when there were arrows in the stores remember yeah. when we were scared to take off our mask in these situations um there's a lot of that which i actually i, I liked with an asterisk 
I think I, I don't necessarily enjoy it so much as I uh, liked and appreciated the times capsuleness of it and how, uh-huh. how effective it was at pointing all that out while still staying organic to the story. But it does seem like a lot of the movie's like purpose of being is that. Right? Like just reminding us of what the early pandemic was. It, it, for for yeah. context for anybody who's um who hasn't seen it, takes place April twentieth, twenty twenty. So about a month after lockdowns when things were still fucking insane. You know, yeah. like that month even leading up to from the lockdown date which i think was like march 16th or 18th or something in the united states to then was crazy no one knew if it was serious there was like i remember i was gonna go to hot import nights the car show like late march and it was still like a week up to that being like hey are we still gonna go what's what do you think you know like there was a lot of like still not taking it seriously or not knowing how seriously to take it um, but the slasher elements, I think, are good. And it's really solid in that way. I'm still conflicted about the ending, which we'll uh-huh. get into our spoilers. But I think okay. overall, I really enjoyed this as a slasher movie. And I think it'll... If you took away the COVID parts of it, uh-huh. I think it's a good slasher, but a uh, not a memorable one. Yeah. And you actually, you can't take away the COVID parts yeah. to this movie anyway, but just as far as the killers, like, look and and the kills themselves, it doesn't stand out in that way, but I think this will be a movie that we, like, look back at and think about. So, um, let's get into spoilers for it. Um, so, okay. if you haven't seen it, it is on Peacock TV for free. And I think it's a good time if you like slashers. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, I think let's just get right into the ending and who the killers are. How did that okay. work for you? Uh, I just, uh, it's. I mean, it's kind of funny. That's if, <laughs> It's just how it was like, okay, so. Yeah, I mean, this movie really was like intentionally streamlined i feel like you know because right there was never a question of like oh is the killer like this person it's like nah that doesn't matter it's just these like crazy people yeah there's no MacGuffins, right there's no like oh you saw this what's the classic horror thing the gas station attendant that acted creepy is it yeah there's none of that it's lean. It it only shows you characters who you're either know aren't the killer or die. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, so that that was um interesting. I thought I just think it's it's funny because it's just like the killers are just people that are upset about COVID and uh one of their family members dying of COVID. So I guess yeah. in a sense it's like it seems like a pretty understandable uh like psychotic reaction to someone dying early of covid yeah before everyone knew how it all works Yeah I agree and what's weird about it for me 
is that uh, COVID's been so politicized since the point that this movie takes place uh-huh. that there were no real like COVID deniers or vac- anti-vaxxers or anything at this point in history. Oh, right. Right? Yeah. So yeah. it doesn't really match up with the politics of today with how COVID's been politicized. Yeah. So it's a almost apolitical in that way, but it can't be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way you can do a movie about COVID at this point without being political or at least like bringing up those thoughts right so it is really confusing and maybe confusing isn't the right word but it's um really complex and like these people are kind of justified in their anger but also they're not right and also no one's if anything the the victims are in today's political spectrum of COVID, the like COVID deniers, anti-vaxxers position. And these, the people killing them are more of the pro-vaxxer COVID taking seriously position. If you had to map it, the movie obviously isn't trying to map that, but it's just, it's just very hard to separate it for me from what is the political leanings now. Like, if this movie took took place now, it's like um, pro-vaxxers killing a bunch of anti-vaxxers for killing their kid, or vice versa with a vaccine, right? But this movie is yeah. like a time where it's like, yeah, the, these kids, these teens, or these girls, college kids, whatever they are, they didn't know. They just didn't know. Yeah. But you're also like, well, they should have stayed in. It is just very complex. Uh but yeah, I don't know if we've like missed the opportunity for that converse that nuance. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it, It's funny because uh they could have just brought guns. <laughs> Why didn't this, they just bring guns? Just be gun wielding Americans and you win. Like I feel like those people would have guns, right? Kind of yeah. bizarre. That but that's would, the thing uh, is that know that they're going to murder people and not bring guns. Yeah, like if your if your goal is just to kill them, right? Yeah. But that's why also like these people are probably liberal. Uh-huh. The killers are probably liberal at that time frame killing for that reason. Yeah, that's and true. that's what's weird about it because then they wouldn't have guns. But if this was a movie that took place April twentieth, twenty twenty three, oh, those people <laughs> would have guns. You know, it's just very strange. I wonder this movie's impact if it came out much sooner, years ago, pre pandemic. No, <laughs> just <laughs> no one gets it. What are the arrows on the ground? Um, but yeah, I just. I wonder if it would have had a different or better impact. And I also wonder in the same token, if this movie will age better with time and having time away from it and away from the politic politicization of COVID. If this uh, reveal at the end is actually like more satisfying or is funny or is like 
has a emotional response that isn't as I don't know murky as it is now but that just might be me personally even with COVID just like still wrestling with the different politics that have come from it wrestling with the fear of it and also like the relaxation of it yeah and, and all the people you've murdered uh that have given it to i you. shot them though yeah yeah so it is a big difference. That's yeah true. and i'd recommend uh, that <laughs> yeah the other thing though that i that i the part that I really liked about this movie the most, though, and which is part of what I've said about, like, Scream in the past and with the newest one is, like, just kill the killer. It, you know that there's multiple killers, so, like, just kill one in, in the middle. Like, that would which be Which cool. they do try. And, yeah, and, like, technically in this one, they basically kill one of them very early on. yeah for him to come back alive and die immediately yeah just to <laughs> die like a second a second time uh but yeah so i thought that that was just a cool subversion of this the slasher movie because yeah you know Scream yeah has the double killer thing movies out now and they've never like killed one of them early you know it's right. always like at the end and it's like well, and they've also never done more than two, which obviously is like, that's just like too much, I guess. But for the subversion of At like the same knowing time, there's going to be rather. two, yeah. then killing one early and then finding out there still is two. Yeah. It's like, yeah. So it, it was just cool to uh, see one of them get their ass beat like immediately mm-hmm. and and uh, in a, like a laughable way that was like brutal and, and fun. Yeah, just see. an idiot. Yeah, you're just like, fuck off, loser. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. It was really cool. And, like, yeah, the reveal that, like, oh, it's two guys. It was, yeah. was very cool. Yeah, and then this one does what Scream can't, which is have a third person. Yeah. Right. The also. mastermind person. Yeah, which is also really cool. So, yeah, that's why I felt like this is, like, what they wished they could have done with the Scream reboot or something but aren't allowed to do right within the rules of kind of breaks it yeah yeah um but yeah so that and then that it's i like also because there's only three of the like innocent characters quote-unquote innocent it's just it seemed like oh this is gonna be pretty light on like kills and stuff but they do and being an hour and a half but they did a good job of like pacing out everything yes yeah i agree and i think it's even a little bit shorter than an hour and a half yeah yeah um so yeah it doesn't feel starved for violence or kills despite having such a small cast so yeah i I definitely caught that as well yeah i think it's a really effective slasher movie Mm -hmm. like a good time uh and like I said, I think COVID is the character, not a, um, a scream face or what is his name? Ghost face. Yeah. <laughs> scream face. face. It's actually more accurate to call him scream face. Um, I would highly recommend it. Yeah, I think it's a good uh, slasher time. Um, but yeah, of course, I think there's many people who are like, I don't want to watch that. Like, talk about a double 
a red flag for my wife. She's like, oh, it's a slasher horror movie and it's about COVID. I really don't want to watch fucking either of those things. I'm like, yeah, I don't know why <laughs> I am. Yeah. All right. Any other thoughts about uh, Sick? Uh, no, that is it. All right, cool. Well, that is Sick. Go check it on Peacock. And now let's get to our secondary feature review of... The Last of Us premiere episode on HBO Max. This is based off the video game that's been sequeled and remade many, many times. Very popular uh, video game created by Craig Mazin, who did the um, uh, Chernobyl as well as Scary Movie 3. So... Solid and your favorite. Uh, uh, also, Hangover, the Hangover Part Two. Yeah, really good stuff. The best of them. Um. So yes, and I know you're familiar with the video game, Chris. You played it. I've never played it. Yeah. Yeah. Last of Us, one of the greatest games ever made, easily. Greater than Pac-Man. <laughs> Surely not. <laughs> Um, so, yes, as the fan of the video game, what did you think of the uh, premiere of The Last of Us? Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's OK. So, you know, we've seen a million different Resident Evil movies at this point and, uh, uh, you know, countless other video game adaptations. Right. Yeah. But, you know, I, th- I think Resident Evil is the best example of like a game that was made into film that is cinematic itself like the game is like a movie when you're playing it right right you have these like super mario brothers or mortal Kombat, where it's like it's just a side scrolling thing it's not really cinematic it's just you have the imagery yeah resident evil super cinematic yeah yeah, resident evil it has these perspectives with like the camera that you know a movie style shots and stuff like that and that's what is so frustrating about the adaptations is you're like just do the game as the movie yeah it worked really hard to do that yeah it's perfect like you just copy paste it and i feel like They've never done that specific style of an adaptation until it seems like this show. So the first episode is like just a total like copy paste of exactly how the game looks and feels and moves. You know, some of the shots are exactly the same. A lot of there's all these like YouTube videos that show like comparisons between the game and the show. Yeah, I've seen a couple of those. Yeah, it's like crazy how they'll do even like the the signs for the the road and stuff like that are like exactly the same as in the mm. game. But yeah, so it's impressive and it's it like it makes me appreciate it more knowing that they're that they are sticking to it. But I, I feel like also at the same time though, it's like the one to one is like good and bad you know what i mean in in that sense it's like 
it's fine because it'll stick it'll stick the landing if they keep doing it like this it yeah. will be as good i feel like as the the original game uh but in that sense it also won't be anything greater than that but it's like and it know, won't be different because like have the game still exists yeah. so it's yeah. like if this was even different but good in its own way that would be valuable yeah but yeah, it's it's good in in this way versus that way, and that that's fine. It's like, but uh, it is just an interesting thing where, when uh, video games are inevitably remade to this, like to be ten years later or whatever. Yeah, it's always this damned if you do, damned if you don't style of like, oh, how much of it are you gonna change, and how is that gonna affect this versus the old game? There's so many people. Yeah. That it creates this divide of like who is upset with that it's different and who loves that it's different. Scooby Doo. So, yeah. Yeah. You're talking exactly. Velma. <laughs> yeah. I hope you know we're uh, not but, talking about Velma anymore. Dude. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I'm just impressed that it is so faithful and it's cool because I, I feel like this way people that like this, uh, will come from the same place of people that like the games mm-hmm. because it is like so cut and dry the same it that it it maybe will make some new fans that will go back and play the game yeah and they have so many opportunities too <laughs> yeah yeah especially because so they just <laughs> released a remake of it yeah um, but yeah how do you feel about it uh, so yeah, yeah this is you've my never first... played the game, right? I've never played the game. I know just a little bit about it, um, as much as you you can when you're just ingesting it outside. Like even uh, how did this get played? Did an episode talking about the remake. So you get a lot. I even got some spoilers. I think that was maybe they were talking about the second one, but I, I could be wrong. But you get spoilers a little bit or you just get the idea of where things go just through osmosis. So I was, you know, pretty familiar with it, but it just never played it um, Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Uh, Also just, I don't game a lot or at least don't have a lot of time to do like long-term gaming. So especially like a story like that, I'm like, I kind of want to be at a point where I can play a game for two hours every night until I finish it versus, you know, spending weeks apart just never really felt like it would fit my, my lifestyle to appreciate it. So I was like, Oh, the show's coming out. So I'll just do that. And sounds like it'll be yeah. faithful. That was kind of the buzz is that it would be faithful. Uh-huh. Um, I did not care for it. So, and I, and that's not even saying it. I think it's bad. Cause I don't think it's that. Uh-huh. I think, Someone who's played the game will enjoy this much more than I do not having played the game because you get to see it done and there's novelty in that for me. And it's kind of a it's a shitty criticism because the the property can't escape it is that I don't think the idea seems in any way novel or like something I haven't seen before. Post-apocalyptic zombie-ish invasion there's there's some differences obviously to like the specifics of what the actual story is and some cool stuff with how it's uh how the zombie creatures are but to me it doesn't feel like anything that i haven't seen 
in any way that excites me. And even a lot of just the beats of the first story, I was like, yeah, I, I know what this is. I know what's happening. I, I yeah, We've played this through with other zombie stuff, and just I can kind of see it. And maybe that's part of the problem of the this has been discussed before either with us or just in general for sure is a lot of the times video games were taking movie tropes or stories and then Mm -hmm. putting them in video game and that was great so then when you make the movie of the video game it ends up feeling like just a hollow ripoff of things you've seen before in movies it was kind of the video game that made it special and I do think The Last of Us sits in an area like that mm-hmm. where just the premise is very taken from stuff and not in any negative or malicious way. It just is. It's inspired by all that stuff. And it was cool yeah. that it was a video game. But now let's make it a TV show. And it's like, okay, yeah, we, we're familiar. We're, we're even more familiar than when the game came out of that stuff. So for me, it didn't feel particularly exciting. And it even made me feel inspired to rewatch Station Eleven, which I started to do right after. Because I felt like, oh, that is... I mean, they're obviously incomparable in so many ways. Right? But as far as a prestige, like, post-apocalyptic virus thing, I was like, I think this just gave me more freshness and some, some like, hyper-specificity versus this so far feels like movies filtered through a video game now filtered into a TV show. Yeah. So I didn't love it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That That's uh that's understandable because I feel like my criticisms of the story in those games is that the story isn't particularly unique or like, super interesting it's just done very competently well right in a game that that's what was impressive is like the acting the the camera work the the way that the story is solid but yeah not unique but just it's like a very well thought out yeah can't be denied that it's good and intriguing yeah but yeah yeah but totally understandable that it can be boring for the people that are so invested in this genre already yeah and maybe not even boring but Uh just something where i'm not excited or stoked about it um so similar to i forget what we were talking about earlier where it's like oh um the white lotus where it's like oh this will be great when I want to watch a show about a zombie post-apocalyptic thing, then yeah, I'll put this on and fucking love it. But I almost feel like at this point, what I'm really interested in seeing it's it's just put upon me because it's the hype thing right now. And I'd rather wait until I'm into it. Um, because I don't think I'll give it a fair shake, but it is, it is good. That's the thing. It's yeah. like, it's not that it's bad. I mm-hmm. will watch the second episode 
the day it comes out, surely again, because it is good. Like it's really well oh. done. Like you said, for the the video game story, which yeah, I'd also seen like a lot of cuts of stuff. It's like yeah, it seems to be the same story and like that story is really well done. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just like the world that it's in, am I excited? And eh, no. Not really. And what was I to expect too at the same time? Um, yeah. I did think the first scene was really chilling, which is a 50s or 60s interview, televised interview. Oh, like the about late night the, interview thing? Yeah. yeah. That was really well then. Was that in the game? That, that was like the only thing that wasn't in the game. Wow. Well, there's other stuff that's not, but but yeah, that, that wasn't in the game. And then like the family that lives next door wasn't really in the game. Um, but uh, everything else was like... Mm one for one yeah that first uh scene is just a i think that scene to me is what it does is it is the answer at least partially to me not being interested in it it's like oh they're giving this really interesting conceit to what we can believe is the zombie invasion it's these mushroom spores or something similar to that it's not just uh the zombie virus, you know what I mean? So I thought that was a cool way to make me like, I was immediately intrigued from the start with that. But then I also was just thinking, Oh, well they're just going to end up acting like zombies. Yeah. Or like the things from blade three or a mix of (laughs) those things. Yeah. Like, uh, they, I mean, when they're, I think it shows in the, uh, in the trailers but like when they become older infected they the fungus like engulfs their entire face and they lose their eyesight and they're okay like as clickers because they use echolocation to see yeah so, there was some i think they show some of that stuff with yeah with uh maybe it was the coming next uh, okay feature it or something but i remember seeing a couple types of the creatures which yeah and i know there's like bloaters or whatever like exploders some some shit like that video gamey bullshit so it sounds like it does the cool thing which that's also the cool thing about video games is when video games have to tell the story they need those types yeah they need the variety yeah a, a movie does not need the types so then once you're doing that translation back to a movie or show rather um it's like okay cool now we get these types that actually maybe if this was just written as a show we wouldn't have had those mm-hmm. uh, so i do appreciate the video gaminess of it and i think even we've talked before about uh video game movies or video game shows let's just say video game media having different types there's ones that are based off video games ones that are uh, about video games and ones that feel like video games. And the ones that are in that category of feel like video games have things like that, where there's like, oh, there's these different types of enemies. and Yeah, it's like the, the these... itemization of, of things. And yeah. Like, yeah. Tears. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So yeah, I that's the thing is like i don't i don't really expect this to gain 
many new fans that are already like deep in the genre you know it's like right i think this is for the people that watch like walking dead or something like that and they're like "Ooh, a new zombie show and then yeah somehow aren't tired of it yeah that's the thing it it seems to be getting like across the board good reviews and i wonder like i haven't seen too much of the side of like hey, I'm kind of tired of this, and this isn't adding anything. So I wonder if it's I'm in a minority with my thoughts on that. Yeah. I'm just too cultured. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Until you see season two. Oh, shit, The Last of Us 2. But it won't last more than two seasons, so I at least know that. (laughs) Yeah. All right, well, any other thoughts about The Last of Us? Uh, that's it. That's it for me. All right. Well, cool. That is the Last of Us season premiere. I'm sure we'll continue talking about it uh, during the main yeah, show, definitely. maybe as a crisp pick. Who knows? Um, and I wonder what's coming out next week. We still have to catch up on House Party. Um, <laughs> so that's that's there. But uh, you know, it has seemed like January is usually a dead time, and it kind of has been, but also a very interesting time with megan and um the uh the devil conspiracy (laughs) yeah yeah uh we have women talk women talking also oh that came out this week or this uh yeah it's starting to roll out okay yeah because uh next this coming week we got uh missing is coming out Oh, the creator cool. of Searching. That yeah, looks... Searching was really good. Yeah, I really like Searching, so I'm sure we'll watch that uh, this weekend. And then also uh, Hugh Jackman, The Sun. <laughs> Which one is that? I don't know that? what that is, but it's some <laughs> Hugh Jackman movie coming out. And, you know, uh, the week, the end of January, we got Infinity Pool coming out. That weird Alexander oh, yeah. Skarsgård movie where they, like, clone themselves and then kill themselves. Yeah, uh, Baby Cronenberg. Yeah. Yeah, Son of Cronenberg. Uh, He prefers Baby. The start of next month, dude, 80 for Brady. Oh, yeah, I got to watch that because we're both Brady fans. Yeah. Wayne Brady, maybe. (laughs) Brady Bunch. The Wayne Brady Bunch, maybe. (laughs) Uh. All right, well, good. Knock at the Cabin, though, comes out. Yeah. Oh, Knock at the Cabin. I'm so excited for that. M. Night Shyamalan is back until he isn't. (laughs) Every every movie he comes out with, that's what you have to say. It feels like he's back every movie he comes out with. Uh, All right, go give us a review on iTunes. You don't even have to write anything. Just hit five stars. It helps us out. Share us with your friends. Also, email us. You can find me at Joe Cabello. You can find him at, at Rebirth Project. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Easy, like your white heat.
With all. 